G'day punters, I'm Mark Duclos. Welcome along to this week's episode of Behind the Boxes. Another massive show coming your way. We're going to speak with a young lady who's really making a name for herself up here in the Northern Rivers region in Fiona Geary. Alex Thomas, the head of marketing is uh, from Greyhound Racing New South Wales, is coming on to talk about a new super series concept. And in just a moment, we're going to speak with Wayne Billett, the Chief Operations Officer of Greyhound Racing New South Wales, about the announcement of the world's richest middle distance race. And a man who knows plenty about that because he works right beside Wayne Billett is my co-host, Battler, Timmy Newbold. Welcome along to this week's ep, mate. How are you? Yeah, g'day, Duke. Uh, really well. We had a bit of a freshen up last week. We didn't put the show to wear. There's a few little issues. You weren't 100%, but you're looking, you're looking fine tonight when we uh, record this show. But yeah, it's been another busy week. Plenty happening. The middle distance uh, race announced. Uh, the next four or five days, we're going to get news on the Phoenix, uh, the other five greyhounds who are in, uh, in the running to represent New South Wales uh, for the uh, our slot in the Phoenix. Uh, and, you know, we've got the big middle distance race at DAPTO uh, tonight on Thursday night. So, yeah, plenty happening and, and looking forward to getting back into the show. I actually missed it a little last week, Jude. Did yeah, I, I missed you as did well. Did I miss you? Oh, I missed the show. Oh, well, bad. Like, I really did miss you, mate. But anyway, not to worry. Uh, listen, Greyhound Racing New South Wales announced the world's richest middle distance race will be conducted in New South Wales in March next year. It's worth $125,000 to the winner. Wayne Billett, the Chief Operations Officer of Greyhound Racing New South Wales, has popped up on your screens miraculously. Hey, Wayno, <laughs> thanks for joining us this week, mate. Yeah, good evening, um, Duke and Butler. Now, listen, I've got to say, it's a real feather in the cap of Greyhound Racing New South Wales to be able to stage a... $125,000 to the winner race over that 600 metre distance or thereabouts. Uh, I guess the catalyst for this, Wayne, goes all the way back to when you uh, introduced the GRNSW Middle Distance Series, uh, which have proven to be a great success. Yes, Mark, it has. Um, and, and that was real a real gap in our racing schedule, which was identified some time ago. Uh, obviously, at Wentworth Park, we don't have the ability to have middle distance racing. And, and you know, the, the feedback from participants over time is that, you know, we've got the 500 dogs and the 700 dogs at that increased prize money level, but we really had nothing for that middle range of dogs. So we introduced that series at Dapto Richmond in the garden some time ago on a consistent basis. Um, and that's been a huge success for us. And in recent times, that's been expanded to um, the Northern Rivers and to the Central West. So it's something that's been a, a work in progress over time. And, and to be fair, the, the nomination flow has been really good. It's allowed, um, I think it's helped our distance pool of greyhounds and we'll continue to help our distance pool of greyhounds as well. So it's, it's been a real shot in the arm for those type of dogs, which generally we would have um, lost to potentially to interstate. And Wayne, we're the only state who hasn't, uh, who hasn't got a metropolitan, you know, middle distance race, but that didn't stop you putting up this huge amount of prize money for these greyhounds in that range. No, Tim, and, and to be fair, we've, we've looked at how we can invest in our industry across the board. So we've had feature races. Um, we've got all our traditional group races, which are around that 500 metre mark and the 700 metre mark. So this was, again, just investment in that space. I think, again, Tim, it's just um, supporting and reinvesting in the industry and the people who do that. Um, and, and it will only be go on to be a great series. And something that we have done, it's, it's very regional. It will be very regional. Um, so it's something that can only be benefit to our industry. I was just about to say that, Wayne. It's been slated as a race for a regional area throughout New South Wales. Uh, have you come to a decision as to which track will stage the inaugural series in 2022? No, Mark, we haven't at this point. Um, and, but we will have that announced over the next week or two. Uh, the reason is we've just got some works in place around some of our venues in the regions, and we just want to make sure we get the timing right. Uh, but it will, but when we do announce it, we'll still give people plenty of opportunity to be able to plan where it is. And and Wayne, with the amount of features you know we've got around Australia now, was it difficult to come up with you know a, a, a date as far as running the series in March and and moving forward? Will it be run during March every year? Tim, the group racing is absolutely crammed, as you can appreciate. I think the one thing that the group race schedule does allow for is a bit of expansion in the middle distance space. 
um, and also potentially the short course space. So um, if you had the traditional 500 metre and 700 racing, it, it is just jam-packed. And to be able to get uh, additional events into there has its, has its challenges. Um, but for this event, um, we've seen an opportunity to be able to have it in that, um, you know, in between sort of like the Richmond Derby, et cetera, um, in, in before the Golden Easter Egg. So in that period, which gives us a, a, a good a good time of year to run it. And that is the time that we try and plan with the, with the uh, Golden Easter Egg series being in a fixed date. This actually allows us to plan. This has allowed us to plan an event like this. So that's, those, that's sort of helped us in the, in the long term. And the intention is to stay in that space. And Wayne, again, just going back to the, the fact that we, we introduced that middle distance series, it must be really heartening because as Timmy and I do the form, the flow of dogs interstate now, the dogs that we would normally have lost to Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, wherever, uh, it really seems to have, you know, sort of gone to a very small amount. I spoke to Johnny Carruthers a few weeks ago. He absolutely loves it. I think he's won a couple of them with Angel Glow. Um, so that pool of dogs is staying here, which enables us to have bigger fields, better wagering outcomes. Yeah, you're right, Mark, and, and that's and at the end of the day, it's really important that we have our prize money levels com, um, competitive in that space. Uh, we've all heard over the years that oh, we're losing, we're losing dogs interstate, we're losing this interstate, we're losing that interstate. Uh, so there's been a real focus from us, um, and the middle distance is an important component of that is to make our racing prize money um, competitive. And if you just even look at the like the Melbourne Cup this week, I think there's only one or two dogs from New South Wales in the heat. So it's just show, shows that. Uh, we are keeping our dogs in our state, which was vital for our long-term sustainability. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Mark and, and Tim, that we that we had race meetings continually poor numbers. The average field size was only average. Um, so we worked really hard to, 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 to invest in the prize money space, which people have reinvested. The breeding numbers are solid. So it, it only goes all well for moving forward to be able to sustain a, a real strong racing product. And Wayne, we know how vital the wagering uh, side of things is to the industry, but I know talking to a number of punters and particularly a couple of professional punters, they love betting on the middle distance racing and, uh, and you're getting those, those sharper five or those stronger 500 metre dogs getting up to the middle journey, but then the sharper 700 metre dogs coming back. So generally they are really competitive betting affairs and the punters do love it. Yeah, and Tim, the beauty of the middle distance is that even within our own network, they're very different types of dogs. So if you look at Dapto, the, the 600 Dapto is a bit of a speedy 600. Do you know what I mean? You get mm. those bit stronger 500 dogs, we'll get it. Where you look at the 600 at Richmond, the 618, it's mm. it's a bit more dour. Do you know what I mean? Which mm. is a really good stepping stone for those distance dogs. And then the gardens is in that middle space there. So they all complement all different types of dogs, which allows people to have the opportunity to see where their dog sits in that space. So it's worked really well for us from that regard. Mate, I know it was quite frenetic for you uh, during the lockdown period as, as the pressure sort of eased off a little bit. Is Battler pulling his weight more importantly? <laughs> uh, well, the pressure has eased considerably, Mark. Thank goodness for that, I must say. Um, and, you know, we've been, the industry is pretty resilient, but uh, we're coming out the back end of it now, uh, which which is great for everyone. Obviously, we've got uh, the Greyhound of the Year on this weekend, which for me is a real true celebration of, of what we've done, not only for the past year or two, but what we've done for the past six or seven years. And it's a really important um, showpiece for us on, on, on Sunday. And yeah, now Tim, I've actually got him doing some proper work now. Um, Duke, he's, 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 he's had to pull his finger out and get some other stuff done, mate. So we're, 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 we're chugging in the right direction. Mate, he, he terms this thing as work. Like I thought it was just two mates having a chat, but apparently yeah. he fills in a little pay thing for it. Yeah. I'm not even going there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, mate, keep up the good work. Uh, we've got the world's richest race over the sprint journey, the world's richest middle distance race. A little birdie, Tommy. We've got some big announcements coming in the next uh, four to six weeks about some other events as well. So, again, well done, mate. Yeah, stay tuned and thank you. Wayne Billet there, Battler. And I tell you what, it's, it's significant to know the amount of races that we're running, but it's more significantly to um, 
you know, when you look at the prize money we've now got on offer, and and again, it's I reckon it's a massive boon. Oh, it's it's huge. It's it's great to see these the the prize money flowing into the the middle distance racing. Duke, we know we've got the sprint, the five the five hundred, the million to the winner, um, and we've got some big prize money races for the for the genuine stayers here in New South Wales and all around the country. Uh, but that middle distance, particularly here in New South Wales, for that big prize money, it has been lacking, and it's great to see, you know, the powers of Buyak Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Yeah, targeting that area, pumping prize money into it, and who knows where it will end up. But it's it's great. It's fantastic prize money. Uh, I think New South Wales at the moment should be pretty proud and happy with how uh, we're trending, and it's particularly trending in the right direction. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, just before we go to a break, um, you know, the, the, it was quite often discussed about can we have a 600-metre start at Wentworth Park? Can they build a chute and all that? And I guess... For its entirety now, I mean, our lease runs out in 2027. Whether we stay there or not, that's a that's another matter altogether. But um, the only metropolitan track without a 600 metre race. Yeah, it's quite remarkable and probably the most famous track of all tracks in New South Wales. Oh, people will argue if you'll take us up on that, but other states will anyway. But yeah, it is quite remarkable, Duke. But uh, we've got some really, really good 600 metre, you know, like the, the 618 at Richmond. That's a fantastic you know, middle distance, as Wayne alluded to, it's, it's more for the dower, you know, 600 metre greyhounds, where the gardens and Dapto are the more speedier types trying to sort of get get over, get up to 600 metres, I guess. But uh, yeah, we've, we've been lacking for uh, a number of years and, well, as we all know, the lease is up in 2027. 20, 20, and, um, you know, it's, uh, we, you know, whether we're there till then is another matter, as you just said. But uh, look, it's great to see we're invest, oh, investing in the middle journey uh, at a regional track. And I love the fact that a regional track is going to get this type of prize money due. The town or whatever town or track it is will get behind it. Yeah. Um, and you can then, then and the little offshoots and you can, you know, put functions on and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting where uh, it, it lands um, when the decision is made, but I'm sure there's a number of tracks who'll be certainly putting their hand up to host it, Duke. Yeah, they sure will. All right, we're going to take a break here on Behind the Boxes. After the break, we're going to speak with Fiona Geary, a young lady training plenty of winners up here in the Northern Rivers. Alex Thomas, the head of marketing at Greyhound Racing New South Wales, will be along to tell us all about the Super Series. We've got What's Hot, What's Not, and Dogs to Follow. All that coming up right after this. Welcome back to this week's episode of Behind the Boxes. We've heard from Wayne Billet as far as that middle distance championship worth $125,000 to the winner is concerned. Our special feature guest this week is a young lady from up my neck of the woods here. She trains out of Kyaran. Fiona Geary joins us on Behind the Boxes this week. Good morning, Fiona. Uh, I've Hello. got to say, uh, I spoke to you a couple of days back. You're on 130 acres there. It takes you six hours to mow it. Yes. <laughs> There's a my, lot of work to be done. <laughs> my God, how many drinks, how many music, how much music do you listen to? I mean, it must be a massive job to do that. Yeah, I have Spotify on repeat, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I want to go back to the beginning. I said you're a young lady. You, you're starting to really make a name for yourself in the greyhound industry. But your dad, Gary Geary, has been involved in the dog's uh, for around 55 years. Now, you were formerly based up in Brisbane uh, around 10 years ago. Uh, you were starting races at the Brisbane Greyhound Club. You made a decision to opt out of a career as a dental technician to become a full-time Greyhound trainer. Tell us, how did you come to that decision? Uh, well, I'm more of an outdoors person and I enjoy being out in the sun and uh, working with the animals and at lunchtime, I was always doing test meetings on Greyhound data. So, um, yeah, I thought I should probably just have a go at this. And you've been involved, as said, Dad's had dogs since day one, basically. So you've been yeah. around them all your life. Yep, yeah, and his father had them as well. So Gordon. So It must be something that Dad looks at you now training and thinks, wow, I've imparted my knowledge and, and he, he is making a name for herself. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, he does. And Fiona, Duke just mentioned you're at Kyaran on 130 yep. acres. You've got a, a, a 400 metre straight track. 
tell us about the property, how many dogs you have got in work and if you've got any pups on, on the property as well. Yep, uh, we've got a bull ring, straight track. Um, yeah, we've got 14 dogs in training for racing and we've got 15 dogs that we're doing pre-training work for people and um, all that sort of stuff. I've got 30 pups, but 15 of mine. Um, are, are, I've got a nice rearing, little there. Are you rearing for other people as well, Fiona, or is it mainly just your own breed? Uh, for other people as well. It's 50-50, so 15 pups for myself and 15 for others. And, and what do you think is the biggest thing about rearing pups? I mean, you know, plenty of galloping, plenty of good food and, and exercise. Yeah, we've got big paddocks, dams, plenty of beef meat, um, good kibble. Yeah, it's, it's all part of the parcel and uh, then starting to bring them through so that they get a bit of an education before they go off to break in and, yeah. And that early groundwork, that early groundwork is so critical. As you say, when you go to break in, it's, you know, it's too hard just to take a, pack out, a pup out of the paddock send it to the breakers you're on a hiding to nothing that way so you guys obviously yeah. work with them the whole way through yeah all the way through and um i break my own dogs in uh so i know what the breakers expect so yeah and it makes it a lot easier in the long run all right let's talk about the dogs that you've trained say sayonara was a, a free-for-all performer at albion park what was what was the biggest thrill you got out of say sayonara uh mainly she was my first city winner um first start in the city first win and um yeah that was a thrill and she ended up into top grade at albion park she just loved that track but yeah and at the moment at the moment you've got uh, a greyhound by the name of modern message who's going really well he's by mapunga blazer uh, out of harper Mar. Um, mm -hmm. again uh, 13 starts so far six wins uh, as say, Kyaran is only, you know, 15 minutes from the Grafton track. You, you basically race there every meeting, but he's a young pup. He's, he's broken 20 seconds a couple of times at Grafton. What do you see to be um, to be his future? Oh, well, I'd like to try and stretch her out now to the 450, uh, see if she can handle the task. And I also need to start racing her on some tighter tracks. And, yeah. You also race the magazine dogs as well, Fee. Um, yeah. Where, where, did the, where did the magazine suffix come from? <laughs> uh, I was starting to run out of names and then I kept getting names, not facts. So then I was like, okay, this might be easier. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona, your, your dad has obviously been a big influence on your career. Um, what about any other trainers that you followed and looked up to in, in respect in the game? Who, who are those trainers? I uh, look up to people like Tom Savalas, who also start from scratch and bring them up into the racing careers and uh, Frank Hancock who breeds and trains his own and yeah those sorts. We all have dreams and aspirations as an owner I, I just want to have a good dog. Um, <laughs> which, which is, <laughs> we all want that Duke we all want that. I know Fee, Fee what about you as a, as a young lady <laughs> as, a, as a, a young lady that's training um, what what races is it that, I mean, you know, we've got Melbourne Cups, we've got Golden Easter Eggs. Is there one race that you sit down at, at night sometimes and think, God, I'd love to win that race? Yeah, I'd love to win the million dollar chase. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all, Duke, eh? Oh, mate. <laughs> I'd be happy to win a grade five at Grafton with any of them at the moment. I'd, I'd cop a maiden, so yeah, people exactly. are shooting higher than I. Uh, Fiona, as a young trainer, you're 31, how, how do you perceive the industry here in New South Wales is going and is there anything that you think we can be doing better moving forward? Um, I think the industry is doing pretty well in New South Wales. Um, possibly the grading could be looked at. Um, but, yeah, the way the welfare and everything's taken part of now, it's an industry that you are, like, proud to be a part of. Um, but yes. Duke, that is something a lot of, I've found a lot of people in the industry are very proud of at the moment, the welfare side of it, because look, there's racing and there's welfare. They're the two big main things uh, in this industry that we've got to get right. And uh, yeah, it's great to hear Fiona saying, you know, that she does think the welfare, we're on the right track uh, in, in that space. Yeah. And, and Fee, I've got to ask you again, and, and you know, I, 
it's not common that you see someone as a 31-year-old female, um, and I'm not harping on the fact that you're a female, I'm just saying that as a 31-year-old young lady, um, what do your friends perceive as, as far as your occupation as a full-time trainer is concerned? How do they, how do they view what you do? Uh, they love it. Um, they're always asking for tips, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many winners do you tip them? Yeah. Uh, I try and keep it down low in case it like we fall out. <laughs> if they don't win, they might get cranky. <laughs> yeah, good idea. And listen, tell me about your the basic rudiments for you as a greyhound trainer. What you know, what exercise uh, routines do you follow? What are you feeding as far as your race dogs and that are concerned? What 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 do you think goes in towards making um, or getting the best out of your greyhounds? Uh, well, we like to free run them up our straight. Each greyhound we train different differently um, as to how they react to what we put ahead of them. And um, so, yeah, we free run up our straight or we put them behind the straight or we trial them. Um, we also use the bull ring to try and sharpen them up. And yeah, that's basically it. Uh, feed, wise, feed, wise. We, feed wise, we feed beef uh, and a good kibble. Uh, we try not to put too many additives into their feed unless their blood say that they need it because we like to just try and keep it simple without getting into trouble. So, yeah. And what about checking dogs? Are, are you are you big on checking them yourself? Are, are you learning the you know you've learned the insides and outs of a, of a greyhound? Uh, yeah, Dad checks all our dogs, and I'm learning off him. So yeah, I'm big on it. It needs to be done probably after every run. We like to do it just so that they're sound and ready to go into the next race safe. And obviously we've, we've just had this new track build at Grafton. You, you race there, as I mentioned, basically every meeting. Um, you're also racing at Casino. Lismore's just up the road for you as well. Um, looking at the Grafton track uh, and looking at where it was 12 months ago with the old track, with the new track now, um, how big a boon do you think that's been for the industry up here in the Northern Rivers? It's been massive. Um, it's a nice, safe track. Uh, you're hardly getting any injuries now. Um, everything's just a lot easier. Pre-training at that track is a lot easier now. Uh, you're getting them up in distance and also getting a nice guide on young pups. Um, yeah, it's massive. All right. One final question. As a full-time greyhound trainer, how do you relax? What, what's your downtime? What, what, what do you do to, to switch off from the dogs? Uh, probably watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite series? Uh, at the moment, Arrow. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, Fiona, just quietly, uh, Duke was telling me earlier he's getting a little bit bored and he hasn't got much on at the moment. So if you ever do need any help with the, the mowing, just give him a call. <laughs> he, cheap lady, he'll do it for nothing because he's always happy to help people out for nothing. So just give him a call. He'll come over and jump on the, <laughs> on the mower and give you a hand. Duke? <laughs> That would be wonderful. <laughs> there you go. Hey, listen, Batler, when I rang Fee the other day, I said, what do you, I say, I'll come out and shoot some overlay, you know, that we've just seen, obviously, with the straight track and the pups. She said, oh, don't, no, no, you can't come, don't come out. We've got to mow. I said, oh, okay, you, ha, mowing, yeah, how long? She goes, six hours. <laughs> I said, yeah, send me the footage. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, you didn't have to go over at that time? Go, I'll just shoot over now. I did. Yeah. I, I thought more of it. Yeah. Well, even just, just, just even there, she's obviously a perfectionist. So yeah. knew, yeah. you know, the vision would be seen. So I wanted the property to be looking, uh, looking um, spick and span. So I dare say, if anyone wants, you know, a uh, looking for a trainer in the Northern Rivers, Fiona will uh, will do a great job and always have the dogs looking well like, as. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Fee, are you looking to take more dogs on? Are you, are you looking for other new trainers to come into the into your business? Yeah, I am. Um, I'd probably need to build some more kennels. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. And in Duke, the can long help. Run. Duke can help there. He's a jack of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a reno here. I'm flat out doing that. Let alone building kennels. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen, Fiona, thank you so much for your time. Continue. Good luck yet. You're having a great run at the moment. It must that must really make it easier to get up in the mornings as well. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yep. Fiona Geary there, Battler, and a, a young lady making a name for herself up here uh, in this far northern river, uh, rivers region, uh, training a stack of winners lately.
Yeah, and as we've mentioned on this show, Duke, it's so great to see these young trainers coming through. They're our future. And uh, she's having success uh, on the track and uh, with a dad helping out and, and has obviously, you know, sought advice from some uh, top conditioners. Uh, Fiona has no doubt got a, a big future in the sport and uh, it's great to see. I get, I get a big thrill out of these young trainers coming through as we we've harped on a number of times they are the future as i just alluded to yep you're dead right okay uh looks like our jobs are safe for a little while longer mate they are i'm a bit worried after talking to wayne earlier to be quite fair you might be all okay, right well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about me i think right. so it looks like my job's out. really safe for a little while longer <laughs> why is it why, why do you think we're safe I'll tell you why, because Greyhound Racing New South Wales are about to launch the Super Series, Greyhound Super Series campaign, right? Mm. And this will be a promotion that will encapsulate all our biggest feature events. Mm. The man who's going to tell us all about it is the head of marketing at Greyhound Racing New South Wales, and that is Alex Thomas. Alex, welcome along to your maiden and debut performance here on Behind the Boxes, mate. Great, chaps. Thanks for having me. No, it's, um, it's good to make the cut. Thank you. I'm excited. Well, yeah, you did make the cut because I think um, Mick wasn't available and Brad had something <laughs> else to do. And never mind. Hey, Duke, just, just first of all, Alex, yeah. have you done all that artwork in the background <laughs> on the wall? Some impressive stuff there. But no, I, I have, mate. I've been, uh, it's been a slow couple of months. So, uh, no, this was an attempt to keep the kids busy during lockdown. But um, I think that took one day and then I'm stuck with it. So, uh, no. <laughs> Hey, Alex, tell us about this Greyhound Super Series. Uh, and Battler, the reason our jobs are safe because uh, we are going to promote all our Group 1 events and, and our big feature events, and we're going to be doing live hostings uh, from track sites on each one of those nights. Alex, tell us a bit more about it, the ins and outs, and, and what does it actually entail, mate? Absolutely, mate. So, yeah, it's exciting. So we're launching the, uh, the Greyhound Super Series later this week. So it's basically, it's a brand new initiative for, for us in New South Wales. It's, a, it's essentially a marketing campaign which, which sits above all the great key feature racing we've got all year round. So, you know, we've got a lot of racing with a lot of unique historic events. And um, the, the idea of this is when someone sees the, the Super Series logo, they can, it becomes synonymous with uh, the best of the best, first in class, best racing we've got to offer in New South Wales. So, it's very exciting, mate. We're, we're going to cover off a lot, a lot of different events across the year. Um, traditionally, before, we've only really promoted from a marketing perspective the Million Dollar Chase, which has been very successful. But, you know, that's that's one thing our flagship event is important to us, but there's obviously a lot more. So <clears throat> starting with the Dapto Megastar coming up this Friday, that's when the campaign starts. Um, it also cover off the Pause of Thunder Night, which has obviously got those three group ones in it. Uh, the Golden Easter Egg, the Million Dollar Chase, which was rescheduled from, from the COVID year this year. Uh, amongst others so mate it's very exciting yeah we're, we're pumped about it and alex i've had a sneak peek at the latest tvc that uh, has been produced for greyhound racing new south wales uh, it looks spectacular mate yeah it's, it's a cracker one we're very proud of and um, came with its challenges so we we're out at richmond a few weeks back and um, the, the idea is you know greyhound racing is all about speed excitement and winning and we, we're trying to get cover that off in an ad so we uh, we filmed the Greyhounds running it both super slow motion mixed in with slightly sped up footage and we put some coloured powder underneath that correspond with each race rug. So, you know, the fives and the yellows and the pinks and the eights. And what you're left with is just spectacular, mate. It's just this beautiful, um, fast and slowed up shots where you're left with a trail of powder. And it wasn't easy. It came with its challenges. I don't think something like that's been done at that, that kind of scale before. Um, the first couple of runs were, you know, not enough powder, so you couldn't see much. So we had to load them up with more and it was... It was great fun and the participants in the area were, were fantastic, you know, waking their dogs up at night and coming out to help us. And yeah, it was a fantastic effort and the end result was spectacular. We're happy. Yeah, you, you mentioned the participants, Alex, and it was, I think, four or five trainers uh, brought out their do dogs over the night during the, you know, after a race, well, later, later one night at Richmond and then, you know, you went through, well, you, I think you might have finished up around midnight or even later. So it was, yeah. it was a big effort by the, the, the trainers to do that. Now, as far as um the campaign is concerned what, what what do you see are the big benefits of a campaign like this oh mate it's just um it's about spreading awareness about the big you know the events that we've got and as i said before celebrating the unique history that comes with what we're doing in, in greyhound racing in new south wales so um we, we're more than just a million dollar chase everyone knows that in the industry but it's it's about growing that audience as well and uh, bringing more more newer fans to our sport um, and that's how we're going to do it through, through these marketing campaigns so 
you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be pretty visible across the piece for each campaign. As you mentioned, Duke, there's going to be TVCs next year. There's 15-second pre-roll videos happening from Friday to support the DAPDO campaign. We'll be in the newspaper across digital. Um, yeah, it's a significant campaign, and, um, and this allows us to be in market throughout the year. So, you know, we're not just about one race. We're about all racing in New South Wales, and whilst our industry knows that, the wider public may not yet. So that's what we're hoping to achieve. Yeah, and Alex, you came across from News Limited a, a couple of years ago now to Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Uh, you were heavily involved in the launch of the Supercoach um, uh, promotion over at News Corp as well. But since you've come to GRNSW, again, our campaigns, we've, we've literally gone through the roof, like our wagering and that. Uh, our GAP campaigns with Timmy Kale, um, GRNSW ambassadors in Ryan Pappenhouse, and you've got the other GAP campaigns like... Jess Fox and Todd McKenney and Beck Palmer and that. How difficult was it for you? I know you're a marketing professional and I've seen some of your presentations. They're unbelievable, mate. You can do mine as well. Even though. <laughs> How difficult was, you, was it for you to get your head around what Greyhound Racing was and how to reach a new audience? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, mate. I've, I've always been a fan, but obviously I, I, I essentially knew nothing when I started and I've learned a lot along the way. Um, I was very lucky that my first day in the job here was uh, the same day we announced Million Dollar Chase 2019. So um, I literally hit the ground running. I, had, I was, you know, had a whole campaign to work on. And as you mentioned, we signed up Timmy Cahill not long before that. So, um, yeah, it's a learning curve, mate. I, got, I was lucky enough, this is all before COVID, 2019, I was lucky enough to go out to the regions, to Canada and, and Dubbo and the like in the, the regional tour around there. And, yeah, it was just fantastic. And, yeah, we've done some good stuff and I really think that in my time here, we're just scratching the surface, I'm honest. Like we've, we've done some great stuff and there's plenty more ideas we've got to, to keep on, um, yeah, promoting what the great code of Greyhound Racing in our state. And, and Alex, some of the big names you've just mentioned, how, how have they been to work with and did they know much about Greyhound Racing before they, they sort of got involved with the campaign, the Timmy Cahills and the like? Well, I mean, it's 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 a very interesting one because I've worked with ambassadors before, and I'm genuine when I say this. These are the easiest ones I've ever had to work with because they are so passionate. Like they're just Tim Cahill, uh, Todd McKenney, Beck Palmer, Reed McCracken, Jess Fox. They they just believe in what we're doing so much that they're happy to be part of it. And a lot of them, are, the majority of them, are greyhound owners or fosterers themselves, and um, been involved in the gap side of things for a long time. And it just makes my job super easy. Like compare compare the Super Series. Um, the shoot, which was came with all the logistical challenges, something like Gap Shoot, you know, and we, are, we have actually launched a new campaign this Monday, which I was, I'm happy to talk you through now. But a Gap Shoot is so easy because they're just, you know, such beautiful animals. They're, you know, you, you're in someone's house who's been through the program um, and watching them interact with, with their family in their home environment is an easy one. So uh, when you talk about the ambassadors, we, we actually have a, had a campaign a couple of months ago celebrating those ambassadors and hearing their stories, which was a first for us because... Traditionally, we're driving people to our website to you know, consume content and ultimately adopt a dog. Uh, this one was slightly different because we were asking people to go to our site and I'd encourage you all to go to the Our Stories page on, on the GAP site where it's basically hearing about why they are so passionate and, um, yeah, easy stories and wonderful stories to read, really. Yeah, and Ryan Pappenhausen is testament to that. I went up, did the uh, interview with him a few months back and, Again, it's, they're, they're just genuine in, in their love of the dogs and, and, and their love of the code as well. So, well done. We're getting cut through, mate. We're, we're you know, hitting that younger audience, which is so vital for any sort of business now, that 18 to 34 bracket, and obviously our campaigns are working. Alex, thanks very much for joining us on Behind the Boxes, mate. Uh, good luck with the Greyhound Super Series campaign, and we look forward to seeing it on a television screen soon, mate. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Alex Thomas there, who is the head of marketing for Greyhound Racing New South Wales and Battler, as they say, any publicity is good publicity, but for a few years now, it's uh, it's all been positive for us. And this is a big part of the game, Duke, in this day and age, about promotion, about getting the word out there and getting cut through. Um, it's not just about, you know, um, prize money return. You know, we want want as much prize money as we possibly can getting back to the industry. But it, it, obviously, we need to get, you know, uh, to broaden our audience and get out there and get get that cut through. And we are with the, these advertising campaigns and some of these big names, Duke, which are getting behind the industry. Ten or fifteen years ago, they wouldn't have been getting behind the industry, but they are happy to get involved now. Uh, the gap. 
program has been a, a raging success. And, and Alex alluded to there about some of the uh, the photos with the the, 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 the retired greyhounds and how easy they are compared to, to the, 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 the ad they've just done. And you can see when, you know, you get to see the various photos and they're laying on the lounge, they're laying on pillows on the floor, living the life of luxury uh, in the retirement. Beside them on the, you know, a cat yeah. beside them on a bed or something like that. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's a big part of this industry now to get that word out there and, and, and market uh, out, not only our racing product, but Gap. And that uh, it, it needs to happen. And the guys are doing a really good good job. As I said, I've, I've mentioned cut through a couple of times, but they are. They're really getting that. Yeah. And, and and we need it to to uh, to move forward into the future, Duke. Yeah, well, again, last year, Timmy, we had, you know, nine minutes of coverage on free to air on Channel 9 uh, after a prelim final of the NRL. Uh, unheard of five years ago. Would never yeah. have happened, mate. You know, and it's, you know, as I said, I've alluded to it a couple of times now, but we have got some big decisions coming forward, mm. uh, which it, it's only going to augur well for not only the code, but also for the participants as well, the owners uh, with increased yeah. price money, the trainer uh, with the potential to get new clients and all that. So, Well, well, it, well Duke, you only have to look where the prize money levels were five and six years ago and where uh, they are now. The announcements which were made recently and look, it's, it's not going to stop there. You know, moving forward, you know, we'd like to think there's going to be more prize money increases coming in the not too distant future and some uh, other big races. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, the industry's got a bright future here in New South Wales. All right. Last Thursday night, we had heats of the Sportsbet Middle Distance Championship at Dapdo. Battler, you were down there. It looked a filthy night. I was watching it on the screen. It was a stack <laughs> of rain, but the track actually held up really good. Uh, Zipping Naseko came back from running second in the Top Gun stays over the 725 at the Meadows, back to the 600 uh, at Dapdo on that Thursday night, ran 34.43. Uh, heat two was a, it was a great two-dog race between Prim and Proper and where's Rocky? Where's Rocky? Fell out of the box, then went like a Learjet. Mm. Uh, he was first up over the, the uh, 600. Let's go back to Zipping Naseko. Um, I think she's a greyhound. I, let's say, I think she's she's about to hit a peak, mate. I don't think she has at the moment as a distance dog, um, but you just saw the, the way she came back and handled herself in the wet. I thought it was a terrific win. Yeah, you mentioned the wet. It was a tough old night at Dapdo. Well, was doing the hard yards. Yeah. <laughs> we got there. I was at home having a, red, uh, a coffee, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A red or two would have been half a dozen by the time that race went around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, look, she's, you know what she is now. She's just the complete race dog. She really knuckled down in the latter stages. Around that first turn, she was sort of predded wide and she was back fourth or fifth and, and then she just sort of dove back to the rails when a run presented itself and she got into that perfect position behind Ice Cream Story, who's certainly no slouch rolling along in front at Dapdale and can run as run 34 too. But on that on that wet wetter track, it played into the hands of Zipping the second, which is yeah. just too strong. She, I'll tell you what, she she had a covered ice cream story covered on the home corner, but I'll tell you what, she didn't shirk a task over the later stages, ice cream story. And uh, she's come up with box number eight. She'll be charging over. She might well uh, get the flight the first turn. And, you know, she can run 34 too, as I've just mentioned. So prim and proper, she's flying. She's Isn't she a ripper, Duke? Um, oh, just keeps proper. putting in, mate. And what about David Smith and Jason Magri? Yeah. So, so zipping the Zeko beats Ice Cream Story, mm. and then in the next heat, Prim and Proper trained by Dave beats Where's Rocky trained by Jace. Yeah, exactly. He bounced back, didn't he? It's a value, really, Duke. Prim and Proper currently eight dollars fifty. I'll tell you what, brave man to suggest she couldn't win the race if she just nailed the jump, and she generally does. Ice Cream Story could easily get the fly from the outside. She's currently around the three dollar eighty mark, so. Uh, she's got a tremendous chance. Really, really competitive race, Duke. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. I'll be down track, sir, track side. Hopefully we've got better weather uh, tonight at that. Yeah, well, I tell you what, they uh, the bookies were very benevolent last Thursday with zipping the Seco at 270, 280, 290. Uh, I thought she was massively over the odds. Uh, I think, as I said before, she's a greyhound we're going to see a lot more of in big, big races in mm. the next six months as a distance dog. Uh, just knowing Jace, knowing what he's going to do, or what he's done with her from the, obviously from, um, you know, the Top Gun stays to last Thursday, mm. probably just freshened her up. Um, mm. 
I, I just think she's she's a greyhound on the rise. I think she's racing now with a stack of confidence, and I don't mind taking the shorts about her because I know what I'm going to get. Uh, it's going to be a cracker of a race, so you have a good time there tonight. Battler, what's hot, what's not, brought to you by our great sponsor, Ivory Coat. So if you're looking for good dog food, good cat food, good animal food, check out Ivory Coat. Uh, what's hot for you this week, mate? See, I would have been keeping an eye on uh, where's McDonald, who's been having a pretty good run of ladies. Uh, his last 14 starters at the races. He's had seven winners, so got a really good winning strike rate at the moment. He's he's well known in greyhound racing circles. Where's his his brothers, Rod McDonald, uh, his wife Kylie, and of course their dad Peter was a, a, a great greyhound trainer. Train God only knows how many winners over the years. He passed away earlier in the years. Since condolences to the family, but I'll tell you, tell you what, Wes is having a really, really good run at the moment. Uh, I'm on a hat trick or a treble the other week at, at Dubbo, and and Kylie's getting a few winners as well. So uh, yeah, they're having a tremendous trot at the moment. It's good to see. Um, you know, they they're not afraid to sort of. They generally keep to their area around Dubbo and Bathurst and whatnot. But um, yeah, they're. I'll what if if you're following the McDonald family at the moment, I think you'd be on the right side of the ledger, Duke. Yeah, tell you what's hot for me, but I love things like this. It is the battle at the moment between Sunburn Highway and Good Odds Harada in Masters races at Wentworth Park. Uh, one week Harada wins, uh, Highway wins. The next week Harada wins. And we saw it again last Saturday night. The week before. Uh, good odds rider came out and spanked him. Um, Sunbird Highway got a check down the back straight and, and dropped out badly. But, you know, Harada went on and, and just brained them. And then last Saturday night, off goes Sunburn. Good odds rider on his tail. Couldn't pick it up. It's it's just great racing for dogs that, let me tell you, like Sunbird Highway's five years of age. Yeah. He won the Masters Meteor last year. They It just shows again, uh, you know, it frustrates me when you try to explain this to people who aren't greyhound people. The, these dogs love to race, mate. Mm. And five years ago, Duke, they wouldn't be racing right no. now because they would have retired. So Masters Racing has kept these two top liners uh, continuing to race. And, uh, yeah, Sunburn Highway isn't he? Like 31 wins now. He's yeah. trying to chase down Bessie Boo, who, who won 34 races around Woodworth Park. So... Uh, it'll be interesting. I know they're, they're, they're trying to get, uh, they're trying to chase that record down where good odds Harada is trying to chase the all time prize money record down. So, uh, yeah, it is. And as you said, it's good to see them aim up every week. It's, uh, it's great for racing. It's great for, it's, it's always, they're always good betting races. The putters, uh, their, their form's well exposed. So, no, it's great to see you. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned that record, Good Odds Arata. Uh, he's only about 50, I think he's about $48,000 shy of Fanta Bale uh, yeah. in excess of $1.3 million. So, uh, and look again, we've got Masters Media on next year. Mm. I know it's, you know, four or five months away, but boy, oh boy, who's to say they won't be leading contenders in that? Yeah, and be brave men to suggest they won't be around uh, still racing in, what, uh, in May next year. So um, they're all, they, you know, it's clear that they love their racing, Duke. It's yeah, clear. Absolutely. So providing their sound, yeah, I'd say we'll see them lining up. And uh, yeah, he, he could well get that record good on Tirana. All right. How about we try and put some, uh, some good old hard earn into the pockets of our viewers and our listeners? Give me your dog to follow back on. Yeah, young greyhound by the name of Thirsty Collie by Kibo at a Let's Win Misha for Jack Smith, who we all know really well, shooting or has won uh, his past couple of races at Bathurst and Dubbo. Now, we're watching him win last start at Dubbo. He ran 22.87 over the 400 metres, really knuckled down over the latter stages. That's what I really like about him. But prior to that, he's maiden victory at Bathurst, run, running 25, 70-odd, uh, was really, really tidy as well. Uh, he's in astute hands. Uh, I think he's a greyhound who we can follow. Uh, and get a quit out in the not-too-distant future. I think he can go uh, uh, through the grades and eventually get to city class. 
Thirsty Collie, uh, my greyhound to follow. Duke? That was bred, uh, it was bred by Bradley Barnes, of course, which mm. is Trish and Minnie's uh, brother. And my greyhound to follow is a greyhound by the name of Fernando Hunter. I know you know this dog well. Mm. Uh, owned by Brenton Avdala, the leading one of the leading jockeys here in Sydney, trained by Daryl Thomas. Uh, he resumed on Monday evening at Maitland. Over the 400, which to me is nowhere near his pet distance, uh, he came out off box seven, won by nearly six lengths, running 22.08. Thank you very much. He's now had 11 starts for seven wins. He's been to Wenty. Uh, he ran second at Wenty there at his only start in 29.90. Uh, I imagine Daryl will just take him up through the distances, um, mm. probably over the 450 at, at Maitland, uh, either this week or next week, and, and then target you know, some good races because there's no doubting he's a dog that's got a stack of ability. Uh, he's run 24.9. He went 24.9, I think, winning his maiden at yeah. Battler. Oh, he's a weapon. <laughs> he's a weapon. I remember seeing his, his maiden victory that night. Um, I completed at a rocket uh, and he returned in devastating fashion, 22.08. Well, two, two tens outside the track record or thereabouts. Um, yeah, there's no doubt uh, they'll step him up for the 450 or whatever it might be and then target the bigger races uh, in in the coming months. Uh, great to see Brendan involved. Uh, he loves his greyhouse, Brendan. He's, he, he was actually at Maitland. We just seen the photo on, on Monday. So he, he's not afraid to go to the track. He's he's, he's not riding at the moment. He's, he's on the injured list, but great to see him enjoying uh, greyhound racing at the moment. And uh, the, the greyhound's named after his young bloke. Uh, Hutter, so uh, I think that means that's a, an even more special. I think every time he, he steps out of the track and, and the way he's going, blowing them away. So, geez, they're going to have a heck of a lot of, lot of fun with him over the, over the next, well, well, I don't know, what, 12, 18 months. Yeah, he's a, a very, very fast animal. Fernando Hunter, my dog to follow. Now, next week, Battler, we will be announcing our Greyhound Racing New South Wales 10 nominees for the Phoenix slot. So we've already got five, which mm. uh, include the likes of Light and Lily and, and Bandit Ned, uh, Cash View, who won the Lismore Cup. Um, but we've got five others. We've, we've had the selection panel and uh, look, uh, uh, probably four of them were pretty clear cut, mate. Yeah, Zipping Kiros, another one who's already uh, in there in the in the top five. Yeah, I think anyone who, who knows their form and follows you know, New South Wales Greyhounds really closely. I think right at the moment, the next four or five probably pick themselves. So, yeah, that uh, announcement coming out early next week. So everyone should stay tuned. And then the voting process will begin. And uh, eventually we will end up with what we've termed the people's dog uh, yep. here in New South Wales to go down and represent New South Wales uh, in the Phoenix. Great to see that, you know, uh, someone out there in the public will get an opportunity to win up to $50,000 in the competition, Duke. So yeah, exciting times. So stay tuned next week for the announcement of those five other greyhounds. Yep. And big times coming up there, Battler. Uh, we have got four semifinals of the GBOTA's Flight to the Phoenix series uh, held at Wentworth Park this Saturday night. Zimmy Kyrgios, he, he got rolled in, uh, in one of the events last week. Uh, shock mm. results. Um, Cop Magna came out, blew him away, led all the way. Uh, Baroque Knight, who resumed in that race, uh, he's actually hurt a back muscle. He's out of the series. He was drawn in box two in race number eight. I know Keepy's dev devastated about that. But uh, four semis, first and second, obviously, go through to their final next week. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I know uh, I know one bloke who had Zipping Kiros finishing in a multi, and uh, yeah. I think he was on the floor. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, mate. How do you get them beat? How do you get them beat at a dollar at a dollar eighteen, a dollar twenty off the red, twenty nine three, twenty nine four. Only you, only you. You thought you get an extra what twenty five percent on your on your money, putting him in. Running gods, mate. The yeah. overs gods always get you, brother. Yeah, yeah, but so uh, four, yeah, four semis this Saturday night. Yeah, uh, first two go through, and he's got uh, box eight too. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's got box eight, Duke. So uh, I, you, you like him out there, and it's uh, like it's a it's a pretty strong race. Chevy Royale in the six, and the young Greyhound Suwali in box number one. Interesting to see ice cream story coming back from the six yeah. tonight at that day for uh, a tilt at that as well. So yeah, it should be a good nights racing at Wendy on Saturday. All right, the day before on Friday, we have got four heats of the Group Three Charcoal in Casino Cup to be staged at Casino. Uh, the first of those heats, race seven, kicks off at 1.14pm. Uh, the headline act, obviously, Timmy, comes up in the last heat. Lewis Rumble draws box two, fresh off a win at Ipswich in the big race there. Oh, geez, yeah, he was outstanding. He, he, we, we know he's a quick dog, Duke, uh, but when he does get the start right, geez, he can go as quick as any greyhound well, certainly here in New South Wales. I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got to tell you a story about one, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, what you just said there, when he when he gets the start right. So I spoke to Cav today, Steve Kavanagh, his mm-hmm. own trainer. And I said to Cav, I said, Cav, he's, he's just become that that real race dog package now. You know, he's nailing the jump. He goes, what do you mean he's nailing the jump? He's jumped his last 11 starts or something. I said, yeah, but, you know, like he was hit and miss. He goes, he's, he's won 11 or 15. He stepped all the time. I go, yeah, but, you know, remember when he was a pup? You know, yeah. I, I realised that no matter what I said, I just kept digging a hole. So I agree yeah. with that. I said, Kev, absolutely coming oh. out of the lids, bud. Oh, he's a lid pinger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lid pinger. Uh, well, oh, yeah. We all read races a little differently, I think. I think I was on him one night at Winnie Park and he had box number one in... I think maybe, I don't know, the new sensation. Well, I know he's in But it was something like, anyway, I know he didn't begin that night, <laughs> believe me. But yeah, he, he, he blew them away. He, he absolutely blew them away in that Ipswich Cup. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, if he, you know, anything that Cab decides to target, he's going to be the leading chance. You know, I'm not sure whether he's got any plans to go into state. In, in you know later this year or well probably not later this year but early next year for those big group ones uh geez i, th- I think he, he'd certainly fly the flag uh for new south wales in a big way duke i'll tell you what would suit him and it's a race that Cavs great dog one brother fox is the hobart thousand 461 mm. meters on that big loop mm. That it's sitting down at the ground. Any mile that he might go there, or no, I didn't didn't press after he after he given me a kick up the backside. <laughs> after I had a couple of chances, I, I thought I'll just leave it, but uh, no, I don't think so. I think he'll get through this series now, um, and then probably make a decision whether he gets a nomination for the Phoenix, uh, mm. you know, things like that. So, but but again, he is a fast dog. He's gone twenty seven three at uh, Casino, but I'm. Pretty certain I remember him trialling faster than that. Gets the right box, box number two. So uh, good to see four full fields for the heats of the Casino Cup. Big show today, mate. Jeez, we've covered some territory. Haven't we what? Haven't we what? We've earned our dollars this week, Duke. We might, we, might, we might survive another week, eh? Maybe. I'll, uh, I'll send Wayne a text, mate, and let him know you did a bit of overtime. Yeah. <laughs> shaky ground, shaky yeah. ground. <laughs> Hey, listen, have a good night at DAP, though. Uh, hopefully the rain's uh, there this week. Uh, as I said, big week coming up. And then next week, look out for the Daily Telegraph with the announcement of our 10 nominees for a Phoenix slot. Good to have your company as always, mate. It's been another fun week, Duke. As I said earlier in the show, yeah, I felt a, felt a bit down last week when I got the text. Oh, Hasn't your life week. changed from lockdown, all that, yeah. and now you're worried about us missing a show? yeah. I know. See you're a team player, brother. Yeah, yeah. I better go and see, talk to someone, I think. I don't know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> Mate, I'll see you over the weekend, but we'll catch everyone back here next week. We'll do it all again then, Duke. Ta-da. All right. Timmy, the battler Newbold here on Behind the Boxes. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you have some good luck on the punt over the weekend. I'm Mark Dukloss. We'll catch you next week on Behind the Boxes. Mm-hmm.